Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Greenwood and Mona podcast, episode 12. It is with the fantastic Ali Drew, who, of course, is on Sportology TV. Her and Uni created the channel and have had some fantastic guests since they started not too long ago. I think it's a few months that they've created their own YouTube channel. And Ali basically said so. It's something that she's always wanted to do. And she's basically, it's basically opened her eyes, YouTube. Well, I know exactly where she's coming from because it opened my eyes as well. I still don't really have a clue what I'm doing, but um, it is a very eye-opening world. It's not like I know, as I say, where she's coming from. It's not my wheelhouse at all. But I've learned so much in a short space of time, as 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 she has. But um, what a fantastic, lovely person Ali Drew is. Well, yeah. as you as you as you will hear, oh, just what a lovely person. Yeah, and obviously. We spoke to her in depth about all sorts of topics, really. Obviously, she, men- she mentions uh, how sportology all came about, her love for sport and boxing in particular. Um, even a dog makes an appearance, if you've watched it on YouTube at the very beginning. Uh, if you're listening, it, it, it's a great listen. But Don't worry so- about seeing the dog, if you're listening. Yeah, exactly. Don't worry. <laughs> to dash out. We've all seen one. Yeah, she's interviewed some fantastic and very famous guests, and Joe Calzaghi gets to mention a lot. Um she talks about what our ultimate guest would be for the channel in terms of boxing and football. I'll not spoil that for you now, but she is a big Manchester United support, which is probably the first. That's a shame. It's, it's, it's a shame. It's the only negative side about this whole interview. But no, we are, we are, we are, everyone has their flaws. Just, <laughs> that, that's her. But in, no, in all seriousness, um, she was very, what's the word I'm looking for? It was quite a, an experience listening to her because she was Basically, the interview itself is something that I try to aspire to, to be a better interviewer. And she's interviewed some very, very big guests, Sam. And mm. it was actually a fantastic insight to how that sort of industry works. Yeah, very eye-opening. I could see you trying to draw some uh, hints and tips from her. Um, it, it, it's a job at the end of the day, and she's bloody good at it. So, um, you know... Me and thee are amateurs. Well, I'm amateur. You're, I, I wouldn't put you in the amateur category, Johnny. I'd put you slightly higher. Don't do yourself down. But um, no, it's good. It's good to good to listen and learn, and very open, honest, and just she knows the stuff as well with football and boxing, which is right up my street. I mean, this could have easily gone, you know, two and a half, three hours easy. But you know, we we've both got to be up early. Her with personal training, me. A uh, thirty-one-year-old father of two, so you know, it, both similar reasons. But um, it's nearly well. It's gone ten p.m. as recording this now, and it's it's past our bedtime. <laughs> well, it's past your bedtime anyway, not past mine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, a big thanks to our sponsors, Beer Fifty Two. Again, is in the month of October. It's October Fest. So if you want eight cans of any beer, IPA, stouts, or lager. Go on bf52.com forward slash NFT. You know what's coming next month? What's next month, Sam? Come on. The best of 2020. Which does which actually when you when I say it like that it doesn't actually sound that great because 2020's been a bit um unique. But uh I mean beer wise, good year. It has been a fantastic year for beer. But I think <laughs> I think a lot of people will want to see 2021 very, very soon. But again, if you want to get all the information in regards to Beer 52. It's beer52.com forward slash NFTV. So it is episode 12 of the Greenwood and Milner podcast and it is with Mrs. Ali Drew.
Miss Ali Drew. Get it right. That's a, that's even her Twitter handle. Honestly, I'll do it. This Alex is the Greenwood and Mulliner Show, episode 12, with Ali Drew. <laughs> Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Greenwood and Mulliner podcast. Well, as you're maybe in Newcastle fans TV, the Greenwood and Mulliner Show, depending on how you see it and how you watch it and listen to this fantastic show, if I do say so myself. Mm. Um, I'm with Sam Mulner, as always. Sam, good evening to you. Good evening. How are we? Very, very good. Very, very good. And it's a big welcome to Sportology TV's very own Ali Drew. How, how are you, Ali? I'm very well, thank you. How are you both? I'm very good, good. very good. Um, I think the first thing I've got to say, Ali, is that it's been a very hectic couple of months for obvious reasons, but you still seem to be very, very busy. Um, with so many interviews, so many guests, it's it feels like you probably haven't stopped, have you? Yeah, it's it is busy. Um, because we didn't launch it that long ago, um, so yeah, we've been sort of flat out just doing stuff, doing it around other work as well. So it's um, yeah, it's it's busy times, but it's it's good, it's all good. It is, and obviously, we'll talk about how Sportology TV came about and the big guests and how you've kind of evolved with it and, and adapted to how everything's going on, but uh, Sam. We've, obviously, I mentioned just off uh, camera before with Ali, basically, we did an interview with Sportology TV during lockdown yeah. about obviously Newcastle and obviously the takeover and transfers, etc. When times were good and exciting. Exactly. Um, so we always had to keep an eye on uh, Ali and Sportology TV and how they work. And it was something that we've really looked up, up to, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I mean, as well, I mean, episode 12 now. And finally, we've got someone on who my wife has heard of. So, <laughs> I mean, mainly down to X on the beach. But, you know, when we've had Steve Harmison on, I said, oh, we've got Steve Harmison on. Blank look. <laughs> got Ali Drew on. I know her. So, yeah, it's, it's taken 12 weeks, but we get there in the end. But, Ali, obviously, you're, you're, um, you're freelance. So how did lockdown affect you? Was that pretty tricky or was it the opposite because it gave you a chance to really kick on with sportology? Um, a, a bit of both, really. At first, it was it was hard because all my events, I'm presenting at my events and stuff, got cancelled. Obviously, the boxing shows that I work out, they all got cancelled. Um, the gym was closed, so all my I do personal training as well. That got all shut down. I was doing some online clients, but I was a bit worried at the start. Um, but then I just carried on sort of doing the boxing stuff a little bit online, and then it gave Uni and I a good chance to actually launch sportology because we've been planning it um and you know because we're both so busy it was hard so in a way actually gave us the chance to to actually launch it and have the time to set it up and do it properly so sort of blessing in disguise worrying time but it's it's got its positives especially for sportology yeah and if you maybe you can see in the background with ali she's got a lovely dog with her as well so if you see that hovering it is for a reason that the dog is hers and obviously it's fantastic that she's got a dog with her as well. Where's so, your cat, Johnny? It's well, I'm in a different part of the house, so not, not with your <laughs> east wing and west wing and your lovely oh. part of Staffordshire, as we've mentioned before, Samuel. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was just what we had to say before. But, um, Ali, where did the passion for sport come from? Because you've mentioned boxing, you've mentioned obviously the football side of it. I know obviously there's a little bit of UFC as well, which we'll talk, touch about a little bit later. But where did the whole passion for sport come from? I've always been really sporty. Um, ever since I was little, I did pretty much every sport. You know, I was one of the, the kids that just all I wanted to do was sport. Same as my brother, he was he was the same. Um, and then because we're just a sporty sort of family, I just grew up with 
with sports. So I you know, used to love watching it. And my dad used to be used to do boxing. And then my brother was really into football. So I just sort of developed the love for it from there, really. Um, and I've just yeah always been involved. I studied sports and exercise science at uni. Um, so I did that. And then, yeah, and it's just sort of carried on from there. I was going to say, do you look at that, like that childhood with, say, with your family and go and maybe that competitiveness and just thought, do you know what? I want to prove that I can be better at you. It's something that you both enjoy and then maybe use that as a passion for something that you can use it in a job. Yeah, well, I am. I'm my brother's only 10 months older than me. So it was very competitive when we were growing up. It was awful, borderline, like not good. Um, (laughs) So luckily, we sort of ventured into like, separate sports which was quite good because he's, he's a tennis coach um oh, right. I, I did used to play tennis but then he was so good it was just pointless even playing so <laughs> then I start I went I was a gymnast and then I did athletics for a while so um yeah it was good we ventured into different sports but yeah I think I've just always been competitive and I knew that I wanted to do work around sports I always knew you know I do personal training so that's fitness but I just knew you know sort of fitness and sport were always my passions so I knew that that was going to be like the career that I'd have yeah for sure we'll have to talk about your interviewing because obviously we'll touch about sportology in a little bit a little bit later but you've been interviewing for a long long time and some of the guests that you've interviewed like I can reel the list off it's quite a lot it's quite a long list but obviously with the boxing side of it we'll look on a little bit later as well but people like Sam Warburton obviously massive in Wales and yeah. with, obviously with the boxing side, as we've mentioned a little bit later, but just some of those big, big names just in any sport, it must give you that it buzz. Yeah, it's amazing, actually. And like you sort of when you're doing it, I'm sure you know that like when you're, you know, planning a show or you're, you're planning an interview, you sort of forget like, right, I'm interviewing like someone amazing. So you're focusing on what you, you've got to do, you know, your job. But then afterwards, you look back and you're like, oh, my God, I've actually interviewed like this person and that person and that's incredible that people would would cut off their left arm to be able to speak to some of the people that that I've got to so yeah I mean I'm just really lucky and I just think it's it makes me enjoy my job even more you know it's I love it and I I, I'm happy that I get to do something that I love Sam that's the one thing I think Ali's touched on it brilliant there it's it's a job but it probably doesn't feel like a job as well Sam Exactly. If you, I mean, if you love your job, then you never have a day at work, do you? Because you, you just love it so much. I mean, just look at the pictures I put up on the stream earlier of Ali interviewing Joe Calzaghe and Daniel Dubois. I mean, kind of the past and the future of British boxing right there, isn't it? It's absolutely mad. I'd be starstruck of Joe Calzaghe. I don't know how you even got through that, Ali. It's absolutely crazy. But we've got some uh, questions coming in from our viewers uh john anderson says how does ali feel now more women are on tv chatting about the sport they love i love it i think it's brilliant when i see women hosting and getting involved in in like the sports like it's just i think a little bit still but you know it's sort of seen i i did i heard a lot of people in the past have said oh why is a woman like working on match of the day or why is a woman hosting like a football when it's only men that play you know, for the for the male side of it, but then you wouldn't say why is a male on the, on the women's football because you're like, oh no, they know what they're talking about. Well, so do the women. Like, and most of the people on there, unless they're an ex footballer, they haven't played football either, so they've got exactly the same knowledge as the woman. So it doesn't matter whether they're a woman or a man. So I just think it's brilliant. I think 
the the women that are on you know the tv the sports programs at the moment i just think are brilliant and it's it's sort of paving the way for for more and more women to be able to feel like they can do it 100 percent, and it's about time as well and it, it like ali says sam it's just it's not it shouldn't even really be a question if you're qualified I don't think it's even a relevant question, but it's, it is. It generally is a good thing to see, and you yeah. know, you have to look at it. Maybe Sam, that likes of Ali that are getting these opportunities, it'll inspire youngsters, boys and girls to kind of go. Well, can I do that? And like, like for us, like we've been able to be very fortunate to interview some very famous sports people, and we count ourselves very, very lucky. But we wouldn't mm-hmm. stand in the way if somebody else wanted to try and do such a thing. No, I mean the tide's turning now, isn't it? It's another, the the male female balance on on TV and sport now is in a lot healthier position than what it was twenty years ago. I mean, look at punditry as well. Alex Scott for me is the best football pundit going. It doesn't yeah. it just doesn't matter anymore about male female whatever. They're there because they're bloody good at what they do. Um, ah, we've got uh, Mr. Lawler in the background here, uh, Mr. Newcastle fans TV himself. Uh, who is your favourite you have ever interviewed, Ali? Oh, that's hard. You don't have to say me, Ali. (laughs) (laughs) Unbelievable. Um, Who is my favourite? I mean, Joe Kozaghi. I'm from Newbridge, so that's where Joe's from. So I know Joe and his kids. So interviewing him, was it was amazing. And and that's probably had the sort of best response. But I know Joe already. So that took a little bit of like the the stars and like starstruck away. Um, I would say Ricky Hatton was was good to interview oh i come prepared come on <laughs> <laughs> yeah ricky hatton was brilliant he's just he's so you know he's so easy to talk to you you could ask him the shortest little question and he is just so good at talking he just does all the work for you he was brilliant yeah i was just gonna say in terms of like interviewing techniques to is there a particular way of how you do an interview ali because Myself and Sam have had the opportunity to interview certain guests, and I think this is kind of like a selfish question for myself, really. Do you prepare in a different way? Do you think about your questions as the interviews are going? How how do you prepare for your like your big interviews, like your Ricky Hattons, your Joe Calzaghe's, etc.? I when I when I used when I first started, I used to almost do it like set questions, and that's how you know because obviously when you're new to it, and you sort of have the, all the questions you're gonna you're gonna ask, but then. Now I've done it for so long, I'll have like topics more than questions. So like just areas that I want the sort of interview to go, like go, you know, the direction it wants to go in. And then obviously you've got to listen to what they say. And then based on that, we'll sort of determine what the questions are. Um, because also you don't really know necessarily what the, how they're going to answer. So they could say something that would be the complete opposite of what you expected. And then your next questions wouldn't work anyway. So yeah, I, I plan topics, I'd say, and then sort of just let, let the sort of interview take its course. Have you ever made like a dramatic howler? Because not speaking from personal experience or something, I mean, have you ever said that someone's played in an FA Cup final for Newcastle when they actually were injured at the time and it was the low point of their career? Just, just, just for an example. (laughs) Um, I don't think I have, although I'm, I'm a bit of like a planner, you know, so I make sure that I, I'm really, and also I won't if I'm not sure 100. percent I won't say something. I'll be like very generic. I'd be I'm probably in a way maybe a little bit too cautious with that. Like I'll know something's right, but if I'm not 100, percent I won't say it. Whereas I should have just said it. Like for example, um, David Cottrell asked me in the interview. He was trying to remember who got promoted, and I knew it was Fulham. But in my head, I was like, oh, 
is it was it Fulham and so I didn't say and I was like oh um who was in the team and, I sh- and it was Fulham and I was like just say it but because I wasn't 100% I was like no 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 I don't want to say so yeah that's the only thing like I just maybe should be a bit more just go with it even if it is wrong <laughs> take that advice Sam for you I will, <laughs> I will. yeah sorry Keith Gillespie <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about the boxing alley um, Sam is a huge boxing fan, oh, bigger yes. than myself, but obviously I know a little bit about boxing, obviously the bigger names, but I know a few names that are coming up. And I think Sam, the boxing, you look at some of the names, we're obviously talking about Ricky Hatton, Joe Calzaghi, but is boxing your biggest passion, Ali? Yeah, I would say um, it is really. I, I love it. I've worked in, because I, I I'm, I'm a ring girl as well. Um, so that's sort of how I started off in boxing. Obviously, I grew up with it because my dad did it and he was very, we always used to watch it. But I started off ring girling and then that's because I was always at the fights. I then that's what really sort of got me into it, got me the sort of passion for it. Um, and so I've been I've been so lucky. I was sort of Frank Warren's ring girl for like the last five years. So I've, I've just worked at like incredible, some incredible fights, like some of the, you know, the Tyson Fury return fights I've done. The, they did a promotion with Floyd Mayweather, like Mayweather promotions that came over. Um, so I was like working at that. It's just, yeah, it's incredible. And I'm, again, I'm actually really lucky. I get to sit ringside and watch some of these incredible fights. So yeah, that's, I'd say boxing is my sort of number one. Would you not find it distracting though? Because if like, for example, I was ring manning. Yes. I, I, I'd be walking <laughs> around the ring. Like, I want to try and listen to what they're saying in the corner. I'm like, yeah, yeah, fuck round for. I want to hear what they're saying. Did you, if you yeah. go into a fight or whatever, do you not find yourself getting just a bit distracted and want to hear what's going on? You because they play music when you go in the ring, so you, all you yeah. can hear is music. Occasionally, you'll hear people like shout stuff into the ring, but yeah, you can't hear the corners at all. So, um, but I, I say if it's like someone either that I know, like a boxer that I know, or someone who I'm like, oh my god, it's so and so. I will like look at them as I'm going past. I like look to see like their facial expressions or what they're, how they're sort of doing. I don't want to distract them though by me like staring at them in the ring because that could like they'd be like, why, why is she just staring at me? So on the way out of the <laughs> ring, you've never just gone get behind your jab or anything like. That. <laughs> I never have. I'm too scared to put anyone off. <laughs> but I think as well that you can almost kind of. I probably self-consciously think, oh, they're saying that. Can I use that in a future interview? Can I use that in whatever I'm doing, like in terms of boxing? Because like even like the smallest things from some of the trainers, and I know you've interviewed a couple of trainers as well. It must be fantastic, like a fantastic insight. Yeah, it is. It is. And like you see, yeah, you see things, I suppose, that you wouldn't see just from sitting at home watching it on the tv or even being not in the ring or sat right by the ringside you know it is it is brilliant and i see like say for example frank warren's you know really getting involved in it and you see stands up and says stuff and like you probably wouldn't see that and or know about that otherwise so yeah you do get you do get and you see all and what i also notice is i see what other sort of fighters support what fighters so like i'll see someone you know another a fellow fighter like cheering whoever on and then it gives you like a little bit more of an insight on to sort of who maybe spars with each other or or that you know who supports each other it's it's quite interesting actually yeah i think obviously boxing is on such a high obviously i know covid happened it, it, obviously it's still happening now and obviously everything that's going on in the boxing world it was kind of going at such a high point it really was and i think it still will get back to that high point after everything with covid happens but some of the fights that potentially could happen 
And obviously you've talked about Frank Warren and obviously their side with BT and Eddie Hearn with obviously DeZone and Sky, but some of the fights, I think everyone's going to talk about is Fury and, Fury and Joshua. That is the fight. You must be hoping that you get the call. You're, you're going to be involved in the fight. You're going to be, well, not involved in the fight, but you're going to be in the, uh, yeah. in the obviously in the ring, maybe being a ring girl. Are you, are you constantly thinking, as soon as that fight gets announced, I'm going to message someone to make sure I'm involved in that day? Oh, I know. I mean, I just hope, it, for first off, that that fight actually goes ahead next year. I really do. There's, so, there's something in my head that just doesn't think it's going to. I just I just don't think. I think other things are going to come up, you know, because it's obviously, I think COVID's maybe going on a lot longer than people thought. So crowd, because crowds, boxing said crowds are going to be back end of October. They were going to try. And obviously it's not going to happen. So it's, I think it's potentially not going to happen 2021 because there is no way they can do it without full, full crowds. Um, also, it's potentially going to go abroad somewhere, which means I definitely wouldn't be involved, which is horrific. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd have to be, have to try and be there. Have to. You just can't. I mean, I think it's a shame if it doesn't happen in Britain as well. I do think it is a shame if it goes anywhere else. But then money talks, doesn't it? Yeah, I think the longer it goes on with no crowds, I mean, they could take it to Saudi and then everyone can get paid as pretty much as what they would have been. Yeah. But uh, who wins that fight, Fury or Joshua? Oh, it's a difficult. It's a difficult one. I personally think Fury will win. I re I really do. But it's. I, I think that's probably one of the. If I actually sit down and think, right, would Fury actually win it? You you just you keep changing your mind all the time because it's. I, I think people because of obviously you know with Ruiz, I think people write AJ off a bit maybe too easily because majority of people I think are saying Fury and like I I just think Fury because I prefer him but I, I wouldn't put any I wouldn't put a bet on it I wouldn't put money on that because it's I just think it's it literally could go either way who do you think is going to win it I, I think Fury, Fury I think Fury. Yeah. Yeah, so agree. I agree I although agree. I'm a Joshua guy. I, I've been to a few of Joshua's fights, including Klitschko, the Klitschko fight. I mean, I was more or less the top row at Wembley, but I was there. But <laughs> the thing, I don't read too much into the Ruiz thing because it just reminded me so much of Lennox Lewis and Hassim Rachman. And it just, I think he just took him too lightly and yeah. heavyweight boxing. We, I mean, look at White Povetkin the other week as well. Mm. One punch and boom, it's all it's all over, yeah. isn't it? So, yeah. but I, as I think Fury takes him to school, doesn't he? I think it's his technique, isn't it? It's so awkward. Like he saw, obviously, with in previous fights with Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder, he he just couldn't work him out. And I know I think Joshua is obviously better than Wilder, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think I, I just think his just he's just physique's just awkward as well, just by looking at him. But he has done exceptionally well, has Tyson Fury that. that what he's been through and how he's yeah, recovered. It's 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 a movie in itself, isn't it, Ali? Yeah, yeah, the comeback. It's been amazing. It's been um I mean you no one would have pre I, I mean Eddie Hearn said himself like he's he got it wrong about about Tyson Fury. He thought, no, nah, I'm not gonna like sign him because he's never gonna come back and become world champion or like, he just completely and he said he got it wrong. Like he's he's proved him wrong. Uh, Keith has got a question which Sam's put up. Who are Ali's favourite all-time fighters and what are Ali's favourite fights of all time? Oh, my favourite fighters. Tyson Fury is one of my favourite fighters ever, to be honest, because just his personality as well. 
you the way he is that he's entertaining i i really like that i think that as much as i i've interviewed daniel dubois and i do think he's brilliant and i do think he's going to do great things um his the one thing he's never going to be is a tyson fury because his personality especially yeah. in front of the camera it's just not there so i just think that the whole package is is you know what i think is so important but i also one of my all-time greats was joe Carzaghi because he's welsh and i think he's a little bit underrated to, like i think it's weird because i i see him around newbridge and as if it, i know everyone knows who he is but it's as if he's almost like oh there's joe Carzaghi. whereas it should be like oh my god every yeah. every day should be like that's joe Carzaghi there you know, and it's and it's almost not like i feel like it's it's very odd because he's Everyone knows how good he was, undefeated. They know it, but I just feel like he deserves a lot more than credit than what he gets. So yeah, I'd have to say he's probably one of my favourites of all time. Yeah, I think, I think it's, I think even just to say an undefeated boxer, mm. especially at the level he was at, it's just yeah. remarkable. At the end of it, right? And let's talk about. His, sorry, his dad was also his trainer. Yeah, yes, of dad who hasn't done that before. You know, I it was just. Yeah, I just think it's and he's and Newbridge is the tiniest place ever. Honestly, nothing, <laughs> nothing goes on here, and it's just yeah, he's just brilliant. I think. Yeah, a legend, legendary trainer. I know yeah. he just he died very recently, so obviously yeah, rest in peace as well to the Kalzagi family for that one. Um, let's talk about Sportology TV, though, Ali. Um, where did the idea come from, and how did it all start? So Uni and I um, met because he used to work for Fight Hype and I was working with Frank Warren um, and we, we, I met him years ago and he put me in touch with British boxers who I also do some uh, presenting work for um, and we just stayed in touch like over the years. I saw him at all the boxing events and we always said we should like work together, do some work together. But then because I'd never done anything, I'd never done YouTube at all. Like obviously I do British boxers, which is YouTube, but I don't have anything to do with the YouTube side. I go out and do the interview and then send it to the team and that's it. So I hadn't really understood or known like how to sort of set up a YouTube channel, anything like that. Obviously, Uni knew that side of it because that's what he did at Fight Hub and he knew, he knows a lot about it. And then because we were so busy and stuff, just nothing happened. We were sort of talking about it and that's starting this channel, like when was it actually gonna happen? And then because of COVID, we were like, right, okay, now's the perfect time with everything's online everyone knows how to do interviews online so it's like it just became so much easier as soon as you're aware of what zoom was it just made it just was like yeah we can do this we can contact anyone and we can we can do it so that's how it started then and then we just started coming up with some like ideas of what we were going to do the sports like different names and yeah and it just sort of grew from there how much does uni have and that partnership, just how much has he put into this as well? Because it seems to very much 50 50 50 partnership, yeah. and you you both bounce off each other very well. Yeah, it's 100%. Um, it's 50 50. Like, we're, we're, I've got my strengths, he's got his strengths, and, and it just works. We, um, he, I don't think he's used to being on camera. He normally does like interviews from behind the camera, so he's not used to that. And um, whereas all my interviews have always been on the camera, but then he's incredible at like the editing side and all like the tech side he's like on it whereas i'm not so good like things i mean just trying to cut like a little mini clip for the for the social media it takes me like 25 minutes like, <laughs> it's ridiculous but yeah we do we're making it work and the more we do together the the better you know and the easier it's becoming with the dynamics really i think one thing as well sam i think 
one thing that doesn't get mentioned a lot on the Newcastle fans TV channel is how much Lee puts in the hard work and all say, the get mentioned when he's on. <laughs> but all see, that see, every... look at this. Yeah, he's exactly. in the comments already. <laughs> because he, he he talks about the fact that it, it you know it's not just a case of a video and it goes out. There's so much more behind the scenes. And oh. Sam, you've seen a little bit behind the scenes just in the say the six, seven months, or maybe even a little bit longer that you've been on the channel now. Isn't it's nearly is it nearly a year yet? Yeah, no, not quite. I think I first I first met you guys last November. I know, and that I didn't join the channel till January, and it was just I was supposed to be going to three more games before the end of the season. Then lockdown happened. Then hey, presto, I'm sat in front of Warren Barton on Zoom. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's all a bit mad, really. But in all seriousness, the, the hard work behind the scenes for, for YouTube—it's incredible, isn't it, Sam? Yes, it really is. Um, it's mad. For I had no idea. I was like Ali. I had no idea anything about YouTube. What it took to start a channel. The work that goes in behind the scenes. I just thought it was, you know, turn your camera on, say some shit, and crack on. It's just. Yeah, yeah. You thought, well, anybody can do it, but the tr the we truth is. And that's it. And then I just think, oh, it just comes out on YouTube. I, I didn't <laughs> even think about like the difficult process, but like, like Uni is brilliant. Like he's so so good. He's he's great. And like it's just the time that everything takes. It's mad how long every little stage takes. It's crazy. Because you just think when you see you know these massive YouTube stars, you just think, oh god, they've got like so easy. You know, they're just yeah. messing about not doing anything oh god they literally don't do anything with the time they just mess about for like half an hour on the camera but they're spending all their days in front of that screen editing every little bit they filmed in loads of different locations and putting it all together and you're like actually no you're, you're a bit more switched on than what i thought yeah 100 percent. so I'll, I'll make sure i think lee's gonna probably comment and say thank you so much for saying all this stuff Ali. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that, yeah that was... it's right though isn't it it's right though yeah yeah. yeah, they don't get the credit. They Honestly, editors and people who do all the editing just don't get the credit. Yeah, exactly. Um, talking about the football inside of Sportology TV, um, you've got, obviously, you've got your ex-professionals. You've also got the, the YouTube side of it in terms of your, uh, you've had DT from AFTV and he's got his own channel, of course. Adam McCullough has been a few times at Stretford Paddock. Johnny um, Greenwood. Johnny Greenwood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm on their company just yet, but what is the differences have you seen between, say, a fan and then an ex-professional when you've been interviewing them? Do you know what? I actually think that the the fans or the sort of YouTubers who are, you know, for their club, I think they are, I want to see more, come across more passionate because their job is to be passionate about their club. They They are, you know, they obviously are fans. They support that club. That's why they work. You know, and so for you, you support Newcastle that's what you're passionate about whereas when I, we speak to ex-players obviously they the team that they played for who they're talking about might not be who they support so they might not be passionate about that particular team anyway and even if it is they're very um they've been trained not to be passionate or or really you know they're, they're sort of if they're doing punditry as well they're very controlled in what they say so I would say we get more sort of response from like the YouTube guys and the fans just because that is you know that's their passion that is who they they just want their team to always win like dt is like 
unbelievably passionate about Arsenal. Like it is ridiculous. And I just think, yeah, like Ben, that is your love. You're doing, you're working. You, you, you know, Arsenal is your work, but that's what you, that's your love. That you, know, Arsenal is who you've grown up loving. And I, I just, I love it. I think it's brilliant. But yeah, you do get two different sides of it. But then I love hearing from the ex-players about like players that they played against or with, and like that you can tell they're not in awe of them, but they're just the admiration for you know whoever they're talking about. And you, a lot of them say Steven Gerrard if they played with him, and you can just tell the way they speak, and they're just like they're a fan of him. They are just think, and they're they're professionals themselves, but they're just like wow, like incredible. I got to be on a pitch with them, so that's brilliant. It'll happen for us one day, Sam. Maybe in a charity game. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ali, you've done a charity game, haven't you? Yeah, I did. Um, what was it called? Uh, years ago. Yeah, I did do a charity football game, and um, oh god, it was it was a bit of a, like a shambles, really. Like no, no. I think <laughs> I was the only sporty one that was there. My friend Laura just said, I don't think she's ever done a sport in her whole life. <laughs> but everyone's just running about. And like, and it sounds terrible, but my competitiveness came out. Obviously, it's for charity. And it was for a, it was for a charity. And we, we were raising money for this little girl. And her mum was playing. So the girl oh. wasn't playing. Obviously, the girl Well, you didn't slide tackle her, did you? <laughs> no, I think she was on the other team. And I think the general census was to like let them win, you know, because the mum was on the team. And I was like, well, no. Because, <laughs> why, why would you let the mum win? Like, it's not. So I'm like, no, guys. Like, obviously, we're not just gonna let them win. And then they got this. They had like one of the the guys playing because we had like one boy on each team to kind of get proper football or whatever. Um, and and so I was like saying, and so our our boy on our team was taking it really easy and like not like taking the shots and stuff. And I was like, listen, we're taking this seriously. Like, we're gonna yeah. <laughs> I was like, I shouldn't be playing. This is terrible. <laughs> I bet you just had enough and gone. You know what? Uh, I've hurt my ankle. For, I'm not going to win. I'm just going to go. Kind of thing. Yeah. Well, Ali gave the half-time team talk. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting a bit annoyed with some of the girls because they were just joking about and like, oh, I missed the ball and like laughing. I was like, yeah, girls, can we try and pay attention? Let's try and score some goals. <laughs> that's the competitiveness from the family. I think. I think that's just coming out there. But me, talking about the um, ex-professionals, I'm, I'm, again, the list speaks for itself. And uh, there's a whole range. Obviously, you've got the likes of your Gabby Abonghors, your Danny Mills, your Danny Murphys, your David Mays. But you've also got the likes of David Cottrell. And I thought this was a really fascinating interview because uh, there's obviously been a lot of news with David Cottrell, obviously a uh, Birmingham City player. And, you know, he, he was very, very open, obviously, very recently about, you know, considering taking his own life while he was, at, while he was playing football. I think something like that, that sort of story, is bigger than anything in regards to the actual game itself, and again, it must open your eyes, Ali, when you're interviewing this, these sort of these sort of people. Yeah, it really does because I think as well, if you're a professional footballer, people would never think, oh, maybe we should worry about their mental health. All you see is they're a professional footballer; they've got loads of money, they're famous, they've got the best life. Everyone wants to be them, so that everything's hunky dory for them, and that's it. And that, so, to actually see the side that you know they're real people as well who who have problems the same as everybody else a lot of them have problems post playing which I've, a few of them have touched upon that there's not a lot of support for them afterwards and they're normal people they have mental health problems like like everybody else and so it is interesting and i love to hear when they open up about it and actually you know truthful and say actually no like we 
I struggled as well. You know, that's, I think it's really brave because it's quite a, a tough sport to do that in. I think of all the sports, really, I think football's tough to, to open up about stuff like that. Um, do you think football are still years behind other sports in regards to this sort of issue? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Uh, progress is being made and, and good progress, but I still think it's 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 really, really behind. I mean, you don't get any footballers coming out as gay or anything, which it's 2020. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> you shouldn't have yeah, to hide there was meant to be There was meant to be a one that I saw a news thing saying that someone was going to, a Premier League footballer was going to, and then they, they actually changed their mind. Which is ridiculous because it is it it's that hard it's that hard for them to even be able to just be who they are. It, it shouldn't even be a thing. Oh, I need to come out. It's just that's just who they are. But it, because I think football is still behind in that in that respect, it it's just people can't be who they are. I think that's really sad. It is very but, sad. I mean, it, it's slowly changing, but I just I think it is a little bit behind. Of course, I completely agree. And again, Newcastle fans TV, obviously, are a big supporter of mental health campaigns be a game changer of course with connection with Newcastle United so if you need any information in regards to that it will be in our description in our links as well but talking about Newcastle Ali um, what are your opinions of Newcastle just as first as a city in general what do you make of Newcastle do you think it's different to other places in the in the world or in the, in the UK or what's your general thoughts on it I love Newcastle I've been to Newcastle I want to say three times maybe twice or three times so not loads because it's a long way from here i yeah for <laughs> a photo shoot and i it was something like a six hour like train journey i mean it was it was a long way um and then so i had i think i had two photo shoots up there for a company called pink boutique who are based in newcastle and then i went up for the boxing as well um i think it was liam smith versus liam williams i think they had up there um, and so I, and this is, I've worked at Frank Warren for five years and I've never once gone out after a boxing event. Me and Rachel, who I do it with, we always just go back to the hotel room and just go to bed because we're always, we're just exhausted because we work. It's quite a long, like, time we're there. Okay. The one time we've been out, we went, we went out in Newcastle. We were like, no, we're not going to Newcastle and we're not, we're not going to not go out. So we went out and it was brilliant. We had a great time. It was, and to make it better, Liam Williams is from Cardiff, so I know Liam. Yeah. So, it was all the Welsh, and she's from Liverpool, and Liam Smith's from Liverpool, so she knew oh. those people, so it was perfect. But yeah, we had a great time. I loved it up there. I um, Yeah, I think it's brilliant. Everyone it talks seems about... so much more Sorry. chilled than everywhere else. Like, it just yeah, seems more fun. Like, it's just... I love it. I think the, the, the passion of the people gets mentioned a lot. You know, obviously, Newcastle supporters, and, and, and obviously with the football, and even in the boxing as well, you know, with Lewis Ritson. He's obviously one of the main attractions in, in terms fight of the week. He does he does fight next week as well. Obviously, best of luck to him. And it does seem that the, the the passion is what a lot of people talk about when they're not from the area. And do you kind of get the same the similar vibe? Yeah, hundred percent. Like I think Newcastle fans are the sort of I think they've just they've got a massive massive fan base. Like they're just they're known for their fans. They're known for like the passion. Like if you if you support. United, Man United, then it's like, yeah, you, you support United, but like if you support Newcastle, like you support Newcastle, you live for it. That's like the way, you know, it's like a, a way of life almost. Like it's a real, the only one I can compare it to is Leeds. Is, you yeah. know, like the fans are like Leeds. It's all about Leeds. They're, they're hardcore. That's the same as Newcastle. And that's 
from an outsider's perspective, that's what I see is like the, the actual passion for the team and for the just for the city as well. Like if you're from Cardiff and you support Cardiff, it's not like it's not a thing really. I mean, you don't like Swansea, but that's it. Like it's not <laughs> it's not the same. Like you're new, you're from Newcastle and you support Newcastle United. Like that's just your life, you know. Who is your team, Ali? Out of curiosity, I support Man United. Oh, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I never say on our channel because Uni supports United. So yeah. he always, and he makes it like he's got two, like, you know, former United players in his background. And yeah. um, and he always says, well, when we play. And so I, I'm like, well, I don't want it to be seen like we're a, we're a United channel, you know. So I, I just um, stay very neutral. But yeah, I do. I do support United because my brother supported United. So growing up, I did as well. But to be fair, Sam, Man United and Newcastle have had some fantastic games over the years. And, you know, it, it, it's it's one of those games that, regardless if you don't support them, you kind of want to watch it anyway because of, obviously, the history between the two clubs. Yeah, especially in the 90s, absolute classics, weren't there? The 5-0 in particular, that's, that's probably the best one. But um, <laughs> it's our next game, of course, as well. Next yeah. weekend. It is yeah. the next game. But yeah, no, they're classic games. Maybe not as much now. We're not as um, good as we used to be, but we're... Matty oh, I didn't say that, man. Matty <laughs> Longstaff still right put pay to it last season. So, you know, anything can happen in that. They're not doing well themselves. They're not doing fantastic at the moment. I don't well, know about everything, Ali, in regards to Man United, because obviously the game against Spurs happened a couple of days ago and obviously it wasn't great, but do you Just still think... <laughs> I'm being a bit polite, but do you think that maybe maybe Ollie can turn it around against Newcastle on Saturday? I hope so. I am. Um, I love Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer. Like from when I grew up in like the nineties, I can't. I don't want to even think badly of him at all. Like I always think it's a massive mistake having a, a former great player who the club love as the manager because. Managers in general don't end, it doesn't end well. Obviously, Sir Alex Ferguson, very, very different. But as a general rule, like I think it's dangerous for Frank Lampard to be to be managing yeah. Chelsea right now, especially because he is literally a hero of, of Chelsea. You know, it's it's very dangerous. So I, I want to say that Oli is going to change it round. But I just think the terrible transfer window that they had, I just I just don't know if it's, if it's going to turn around but I, I stay positive and hope that it will and it'll all it'll all turn around and they'll get a bit of form back. Well, I wish you, in two weeks time. Exactly. I wish <laughs> you the best of luck after your players. But um, yeah. no and but into, going back on to Newcastle briefly um how do you think Newcastle will do? Because when we spoke um of course a couple of months ago it was still a couple of games until the end of the season and I think I think maybe we just played the FA Cup game and obviously there was the rumors of the takeover etc. Um do you think that Newcastle are going to be okay this season? Do you think that this should be absolutely fine under Steve Bruce? Because he, when you look at the job he's done, Ali, he's done a, he's done a very good job. Yeah, I do. I do think, and they they've made some great signings as well. So I do think that yeah, Newcastle are gonna are gonna perform, start to gel, and I do, I do think that they're gonna have a good season. Yeah, I really do. I think I actually think the teams that were sort of around like mid table and the, the top team I don't actually think they're gonna do as well this season, which is sort of proven to be the case at the moment. You know, Liverpool are having like a, odd shocking results. Chelsea not you know not doing amazing Man City, Man United, they're all sort of struggling. But I do think that like the sort of the teams that are almost just left to right just try and gel, work it out and and do the performances, like Newcastle and Arsenal, they're 
I think they're going to do very well this season. I just think that, yeah, they're going to just slowly sort of put good performance after good performance. Yeah, I think it'll be fascinating how it all comes about and hopefully for both our clubs' sake, it, it goes it goes as well as possible. But um, going back briefly on Sportology, what is the ultimate goal with you and Uni? Do you want it, is it a particular show that you wanted to continue with or do you want to get to a amount of subscribers? Is it to, you know, get regular guests, regular interviews? What is the ultimate goal? The, well, the goal is just obviously to keep growing the channel. We want to keep pushing the subscribers the subscribers are sort of slowly getting there, but you know we just want to keep pushing, and we want to be able to get to a point where we can do some of it in a studio, you know. So it's like we—that's the idea you know, to do like the shows in the studio. So they're not just interviews on Zoom; they're actually shows in a studio. We can get different guests in, do different things with them, you know. There's we've got a few ideas of like ways to make it a proper show, you know, a bit fun. And so yeah, that's the, the goal. But when you're first starting off, it's hard to sort of we can't. I mean, obviously with COVID, we can't anyway, but we couldn't just rent a studio and be like, okay, we're going to, you know, do this. We need to build up to that. Um, but that is the goal to sort of make it more of an actual sh channel that you can watch, like with different shows on. We want to maybe venture out to sort of other countries so that people can do some shows, you know, from maybe the Spanish League or, you know, some from some other um, like different sports in America. Because it's, you know, sportology. Technically, we could do any sport. So, um not that I would, I wouldn't have a clue about any of this, but yeah, people could. So yeah, it's just to grow it as much as we can and, and just, you know, keep it, keep building it. I think, Sam, the ultimate guest for us would be an Alan Shearer, for example. Shearer, Keegan. Exactly. Uh, we've had Solaire's, haven't we? Uh, yeah. That would be good. Uh, David Batty. Yeah. That'd be a good one. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, them's the dream. And uh, if you're not... Uh, chasing higher things and you're just standing still accomplishing nothing aren't you so yeah do you know what must be nice to get to the stage where you've got something like a channel or a program where people want to come on your show you know like you're not asking please can you come on or you know it, they want to come on like that's the show to go on so they they are desperate to come on it that's what i want to like that would be a nice feeling mm. they're like actually can i come on this week i'd love to come on there you know that's what i that's what i want yeah, that would that would be. I think that would be the dream for everybody. Yeah, I, would. I mean, I mean, save us so much hassle. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the ultimate guest for you, Ali? Is there if, if there was a, if a particular person that you desperately want to get on their sportology? I mean, probably for football side of it, I would love just because I not even really because of he's the greatest football because there is greater footballers who. Like like Cristiano and Ronaldo obviously would be incredible, but I'd love to have David Beckham on there because I just love David Beckham. He's from my era of Man United, you know. I he married a Spice Girl like I was obsessed with Spice Girls. <laughs> like I would just love to have David Beckham on there. Um, so from the boxing side, um, football side, but then boxing side, I'd probably say, I mean Tyson Fury. Like I'd love to get on there um, just because you just never know what kind of interview you're going to get. You really yeah. don't know. You'd have to prepare for it to be maybe serious or maybe you just wouldn't get any of the questions that you wanted to and you just have to go along with whatever mood he's in. So, yeah, I think they're probably those two. Well, if you ever get an interview with one of them two fantastic people, just make sure you let us know if they're afraid for the Greenwood and Mullen's show for future records as well. Because <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. But, no, but it, 
it has been absolutely brilliant, Ali. It's been a magnificent 40, 45 minutes or so. Um, it's been quick. an absolute pleasure. Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. Remember, you can subscribe to the Green and Mullen Show on Newcastle Fantasy Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcast, Spotify, Amazon, and of course, Podomatic, if you didn't know already. Um, again, thanks for everybody's comments on regards to the uh, the show tonight. And this will be available on po- podcast on Tuesday. Sam, another fantastic guest. We keep on saying it, but the guests are just getting better and better. I know. It's been great fun. Uh, I mean, this could have gone on another 45 minutes at least about just about boxing alone. But yeah, no, really enjoyed <laughs> that. Great crap. Yeah, fantastic. Again, if you can subscribe to Newcastle Fans TV and Newcastle Fans TV, actually, that would be greatly appreciated. If you can give this video a like and some comments, just for general feedback as well, that'd be brilliant for us as well. So for myself, Sam Mulner, and of course, Ali, thank you very much for watching. <laughs>